And welcome to another episode of the Biz Law Series here on bizradio.us with business lawyer Michael Palermo. Welcome again. Always glad to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, now, the, the topic for today, we're going to do a little bit deeper dive than um, some of the conversations we've had in the past, and that is getting your business ready for a sale. You know, you've you've done an episode of the Biz Law series where you talk about um, you know your exit ramp planning and everything, but here specifically, we're going to we're going to be talking about getting your business ready for sale. So let's dive right in. So, um, a lot of times, people will come to me and say, "I want to sell my business." And if they have a buyer and they just want me to help with the transaction, that's fantastic. But I like to see people make money. And if you work on getting your business ready for sale, uh, you can monetize that transaction and hopefully make a little bit more money. The first thing, the first thing I talk to people about is timing. Don't call me three weeks before you think you want to sell the business because, one, you probably won't be able to find a buyer. But, two, the other things we're going to talk about take a little bit of time to get in order. So at least six months. And honestly, if you own a business, you're going to exit it at some point, 100% guarantee you're exiting. So you should always be sort of planning for that exit event. All right. So that's the timing of it. Uh, what about your books? You know, I, I've watched enough of the, the Shark Tank type shows and other ones like it to know that um, this is something that a lot less businesses have in order than probably most people would think. <laughs> yeah. And um, a lot of people run their accounting uh, for the sole purpose of uh, tax avoidance behavior, which is legal. It's known. Uh, they know that you're going to do this. But there might be things in your books that aren't that make your business not as attractive to a buyer. So what I tell people is uh, if you're buying a business or if you're selling a business, don't use tax returns as an indicator of the value of the income the business can generate because tax returns are just a, they're a one purpose document and their purpose is to reduce your tax liability. What I mean by getting books in order then is all those things that you're doing with your accounting to avoid taxes, take a second look at them Make sure that your accounts are in order, that everybody's paid up. But really, if if you're running um, a construction company and you're expensing $1,000 a month for your BMW that you drive to and from work, that reduces the potential available income to a, a purchaser of $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. So if, you're, if your business is showing $88,000 in profit, all of a sudden it becomes $100,000 in profit when you back out that BMW that you've been expensing that maybe you shouldn't have been expensing. That's what I mean by getting the books in order. Get your books, and not your tax returns, but your accounting better situated to show what the true profit of the business is. And then, you know, talking about taxes and everything, I, I know that you know, it's not really the dive we're doing here today, but the structure of the business, LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp, nonprofit, and everything else, are there any changes to how your books should be prepped for sale of your business or your organization depending on the structure of the business? Uh, it depends on how many owners there are. You might want to get rid of some dead weight if you've got uh, some owners that are floating around uh, because they're going to be taking, they might be taking a salary or a dividend that uh, could be better shown as profits to a potential purchaser. But uh, corporation, LLC, those are all tax questions that mm. relate, again, to uh, tax avoidance, lowering your tax burden. Right. Um, and it's not something I really get involved in when it comes to selling the business, depending on the kind of business. Right. Um, talking about inventory issues, let's talk about that. Inventory and accounts. Who owes you money? Um, what am I buying? So inventory is what am I buying? Am, am I buying... Uh, 30 delivery trucks? Am I buying um, 
a retail business that uh, might have 30,000 items on the shelf, can you tell me what those items are on the shelf? Can you can you provide me with title to those 30 trucks? You know, if I'm buying a manufacturing business, what what are the raw materials that I have on site? A lot of businesses, especially ones that grew from smaller businesses to bigger businesses, sort of do seat of pa- seat of the pants when it comes to inventory. And you know, the owner might know in his head, okay, I got I got this much coming in this week. I sold this much last week, but a buyer doesn't have that knowledge. The buyer doesn't have that information. A buyer wants to know what they're buying. If I'm buying a re- an ongoing retail location, I want to know what's in the store when I unlock the doors that first day I own it. So get get your inventory issues cleared up. And that, that goes, again, for accounts receivable. Uh, if you got a lot of, lot of dead weight on your accounts receivable, a lot of plus, plus 60, plus 90s, try to get those cleared up. I don't, I don't want to buy your old collection issues. Get, get rid of those clients, get those issues cleared up. Is this where you would also go ahead and document, um, you know, purchase orders on outlays or inlays? Yeah, that's or like the next they, 12 months or something. Yeah, a, a, a buyer wants to buy a well-run business. I, I Just like I don't want to buy a house and have to come in and clean it and paint it and do the floors and put in a new kitchen. I, I want to buy a nice house, a house that's been cared for, that's been kept clean. It's the same with a business. Um, a buyer wants to buy a business that's been well cared for. Again, the books are in order. The taxes are correct. There's no shenanigans. But also just you want to show the buyer that this is a well-run business. It, it, there's There shouldn't be any fear in buying the new business because it's ongoing. It's profitable. And so um, that brings us to the next thing, talking about customer pipelines, where new customers are coming from. Uh, a lot of business owners, especially if they've been in it for a while, have s- sort of stopped fishing for new clients because they've got their same old clients. They sit around and have coffee once a week, and they're making enough money. They've got their pile of money. If I, uh, A new buyer to a business, though, wants to know that there's going to be customers coming in at some point. So you should be able to show the customer, uh, the purchaser, that there are new customers coming in, that you've got this, p- people like to talk about the sales funnel, but that you've got the sales funnel in place, that it's successful. Very rare, very rarely, and I'm, I, I shouldn't even bring it up, but very rarely do you not want to see that. I, I just did a closing the other day where the only reason they were buying the business is because it was a woman-owned business, which gets special federal uh contracting breaks. So the new customer pipeline didn't really matter. Mm. And the the person selling it had actually stopped looking for business because she thought she was just going to close the business until she got an offer for it. Mm. But a purchaser wants to know that customers are going to keep coming in through the door. New customers, old customers, whatever it may be, they want to see that there's a mechanism in place. Is it something, um, is it appropriate in talking about uh, pipelines to give an outline of like a CRM program where you manage all of the client relationships or even like operating procedures in the business on how you onboard and recruit new clients and all that. Is, is, is that something that you would include like summaries or examples of that? Yeah, that's, that's all part of um, the purchaser investigating this business so that they know what they're getting. Uh, sales manuals, the, the CRM is brilliant. Um, Again, I want to know that this is a well-run business and that you're continuing to run the business up until the point where the the ownership is transferred. 
those yeah. are all great, great points. You know, and I think, you know, for us here on Biz Radio, and, you know, you've been in the meetings too, you know, we use um, EOS as an operating system internally. And I'm thinking if somebody's looking to buy a business and they look back at all the different um, things that have been identified and solved and everything over the course right. of several months go, holy cow, this is a productive team, <laughs> you yeah. know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. One other question um, that's not, um, it's not something we prepared to talk about, but I've seen it happen where someone sells a business and maybe didn't communicate to the employee population in detail what was coming and what was happening. Can you talk about that a little bit on the transparency and conversations about if if you have employees and things, how how to kind of approach that? I, I've seen it both ways. Um, I, I will say this just based on my experience a couple of things. One, the employees probably know that you're looking to sell the business anyway. They might have they might have known you were you had one foot out the door before you knew it or before the owner knew it. Um, the employees are pretty astute, and they you know they might show up, do their work, and leave, but they see what's going on. And two, it's just it's up to the individual circumstance whether or not to disclose that to the employees. You know, the day before or two months before I've, I've seen it where they disclosed it two months before and a, a couple of the employees said you know what we we're interested in buying this business and they wound mm -hmm. up with a better price from the two employees who, who knew that it was a good business and how well run it was so that's really just a business decision based on uh, the owner's relationship with the employees uh, what the buyer wants in terms of the privacy and disclosure yeah um so in all this, we talked about the timing. We talked about getting the books in order. We talked about inventory, purchase orders, CRM, customer pipelines, all those kind of things. What does the paperwork look like? You know, how does someone gather these things together in a in a congruent way? So I, I help with all the things we've talked about. Uh, that you know, it's somewhat legal work. It's somewhat business advising. My participation in a business sale sort of culminates in. In standardized paperwork, but uh, as you can see, it, it can start six months to a year before the sale. Um, there's a couple ways to sell a business. We generally do just an asset purchase where somebody comes in and buys. They buy the trucks, they buy the the inventory, they buy the name. Um, another way to do it is to buy the actual shares in the business. So just like buying shares in General Motors, but the way we do it is usually tax driven. So I work with the CPA to again maximize. Uh, maximize returns without having to give too much money to Uncle Sugar. And I, I structure it really based on what the CPA says, but it culminates in generally an asset purchase agreement or an ownership purchase agreement. Hmm. And uh, so I, I always do this to close out every episode, but what's the best way for people to get in touch with you to, you know, to take the next step on this kind of conversation? Uh, to get in touch with me, website is palermo at palermolaw.com. Or I guess that's my email. And then the website is palermolaw.com. The email is probably the best way to get in touch with me just because I'm a sole practitioner. And that gives me a chance to read my emails and think about them before I respond. All right. Very good. As always, appreciate your time here on Biz Radio for the Biz Law Series. Thanks, Matt.